السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله قال رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقتات من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما O praise and thanks is due to Allah Azza wa Jal Peace and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam His family, his friends And upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time Alhamdulillah last week we finished with Makkah right, So now we travel into Medina And obviously in most of the cases with regards to South Africans generally is that we go to Medina first right? we go to Medina first and then we go to Makkah afterwards and many of them they do this because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he went on Hajj what did he do? he donned his haram for Hajj way in Medina right? at Abiyar Ali so this is why most people do that if you go for Umrah and it is nice also to go to Makkah first. Right? For a simple reason, you go to Medina first, it's nice and everything. But you still have that thing in the back of your mind all the time. Ah, let's go for, it's still Umrah, it's still Umrah, it's still Umrah. Right? But if you go, Makkah first, Umrah is done. Now you're in Medina, but more relaxed, everything's at ease. Right? right? Allah Alam. But let's get into our topic, right? Medina. Medina An-Nabawiyah. Right? Many people, they know Medina as Medina Tul. As what? Medina Tul Munawwara. The enlightened city. Some of our mashayikh, some of our teachers, Jazahumullahu Khair, may Allah reward them. They were of the opinion that it's better to call it Medina Tunnabawiyah. Right? Medina An-Nabawiyah. Nabawiyah meaning from the word Nabi. She is Medina, the city of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah knows best. This is ranked as the second most holiest place in Islam. Right? Medina. And what is the first? Makkah. It is the city that gave refuge to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the early Muslims upon the migration from Makkah where lies the burial place of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The city of Medina was originally known as as Yathrib. And this is an oasis city dating as far back as the 6th century BCE during the war between the Jews and the Romans in the 3rd century. Many Jews fled Jerusalem and migrated to the ancestral place of Yathrib which is obviously known as Medina today. Nero sent a massive Roman force under Petra Lenidas, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, to Medina 
to massacre the Jews in 213 CE. A community survived by the time the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had migrated there and there was a large Jewish presence around the city of Medina. Where were they? In what place? A lot of them in Medina. It's a famous battle named after this place. Hey? Badr. Here we go. Khaybar. Right? Have you never heard the famous slogan? Khaybar, Khaybar, Ya Yahud, Jaisu Muhammad, Sofa Yahud. Right? Khaybar, Khaybar, Ya Yahud. Right? This is the famous thing they used to say that Khaybar, Khaybar, O Yahud. Right? Meaning the Yahud. Jaisu Muhammad. That the army of Muhammad, Sofa Yahud. They're going to come very soon. Right? And Khaybar, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his companions, they killed a few hundreds, if not thousands of Jews during this battle in Medina. I will come to this in the future, bismillahi ta'ala. So the Jews, they were eagerly waiting for the arrival of a prophet who according to their scriptures would appear in Medina. Right? So the Jews, they knew according to the scriptures there's going to come a prophet, he's going to appear in Medina. And they used to taunt the local Arabs at that time that when he arrived according to their prophecies, the Jews would destroy the pagans as the ancient people, as the ancient people of Ad and Thamud were being destroyed for their idol worship. So who's saying this? The Jews. They telling the pagan Arabs, you know what? When our prophet come here to Medina, we're going to destroy you people. And why are we going to destroy you? We're going to destroy you because you have done what? Because you are worshipping idols. And like how Allah destroyed the people of Ad and Thamud because of their idolatry, we are going to destroy you. But we know, وَمَكَرُوا وَمَكَرَ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ That you can plot and plan but Allah is the best of planners. And as time went on, obviously they realized that the final prophet was chosen amongst the Arabs rather than from the Jews. And their pride got the better of them. And they rejected him even though the Quran mentions الَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابَ يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبَنَاءَهُمْ وَإِنَّ فَرِيقًا مِّنْهُمْ لَيَكْتُمُونَ الْحَقَّ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ الَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابَ Those to whom we have given the scriptures to the Jews and to the Christians يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبَنَاءَهُمْ Recognize him Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wasallam As they recognize Abana'ahum They recognize their sons وَإِنَّ فَرِيقًا مِّنْهُمْ But indeed a party of them لَا يَكْتُمُونَ الْحَقِّ They conceal the truth وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Whilst they are knowing The Jews knew Right? It's in the scriptures 
is going to come the final messenger. They knew this. But what did they do? They still concealed this. And this message was so clear to them, like how they knew their own sons. How do you know your child? How do you know your children? Do you just know them by the way? No, you know them well. So they knew it. They say a mother can pick up immediately when something is not right with the child. Right? They pick it up immediately. Ah, you know what? He's not right today. Something isn't right. He's sad. Something happened. Whatever it might be. But mothers especially, subhanAllah, they can. They just have this intuition that they can pick up these things. This verse is in Surah Al-Baqarah. Right? The second page of the second news, verse 146. So in spite of this, there were some Jews who embraced Islam most notably was Hussein ibn Salam, who was one of the most learned rabbis. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he changed his name to Abdullah ibn Salam. The city of Medina. The city of Medina was not unfamiliar to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he immigrated there, he was there before. Correct or not? Was the Prophet sallallahu did he visit Medina before he went on Hijrah? Yes or no? Who says yes? You say yes. Who says no? You say yes. You say yes. Who says no? Who says I don't know? Right? Saying I don't know is off of knowledge. <laughs> right? The ulama say, La man qala la adri fahuwa alim. The ulama, they say that whosoever says, I don't know, then he is a scholar. Right? But in our societies today, people, they've lost that. Right? Of saying that, that they need to say something. Whether they're talking nonsense, but he must say something. Keep quiet. If you don't know. So what do they say? The famous one is. Um, right? So they ask you Islamic question. I'm not sure, but... So if you're not sure, just keep quiet. Right? I think it was in this class that we mentioned the story of Imam Malik. When the person came to him from a few thousand kilometers, a few thousand miles. Was it here? Wasn't here? Okay. So a person comes to Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala. And he has a whole list of questions from his community, from his people. And Imam Malik, he only answers half the questions. So the person says to Imam Malik, that what am I going to tell my people when I go back? Imam Malik says, tell your people that Malik doesn't know. What must he do? If I don't know, I don't know. Right? There is nothing wrong if you don't genuinely know. That's the one thing. The other thing is that if you know the answer, don't deny people the answer. If you know an answer, even if it is against you, Right, so sometimes people, right, I've seen this, that maybe, you know, subhanallah, it's not a good thing to mention, but, right, sometimes you find some du'at, some scholars, and that maybe they're struggling financially, and, you know, you find certain people in the community, jazamullah khair, they support them. But maybe now, there's an issue of riba, that comes up of interest. 
En, I mean, obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He declares, declares war on riba. But now maybe this alim, he feels, a student of knowledge is dying. He feels, no, I can't speak about this now. He knows what's right. But I'm not going to mention this because it might affect people. That's the other side again. If someone asks you a question and you know the answer, you must answer. You can't deny. One of the biggest sins is kitmanul ilm. One of the biggest sins is kitmanul ilm. Meaning that you keep knowledge away from the people when you have the knowledge. And Allah knows best. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa when he was six years old, he traveled with his mother Amina and their devoted slave Baraka, later on known as Ummi Hu. Ummi Hu? Ummi Hu? Or are you saying Halima? No, not Halima. Ummi? Ummi? No. Ummi Ayman. Have you never heard of Ummi Ayman before? No? Tell you a story of Ummi Ayman. Right? Ummi Ayman. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa passed away, Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anh, they said, let us go visit Ummi Ayman. And she was obviously old. So they went and they went to go visit her. She started weeping. She started crying. So they like, you know what? Why are you crying? We know that the Prophet you know that the Prophet وسلم, is in a better place, he's in Jannah and this and that. And she's like, you know, I know all these things. And I'm not crying because of this. I'm crying because Okay. She says that I'm crying because I know that I'm living in a time where there is inqita'ul wahi, where wahi, where revelation has been cut off, that our connection that we had between Allah and the dunya, right, has been cut off now. This is why I'm crying. Right, so this was who Um Ayman was. So her name was first Barakah and then afterwards changed to Ummi Ayman. However, not long after they had set out for the return journey, his mother fell very ill and she passed away a few days later at a place known as Abwa, which is not too far from Yathrib. I'm using only the word Yathrib because this is what they used at this time and because Muhammad وسلم, did not enter Medina yet. So, Um Ayman or Barakah did what she could to console Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa who was still a boy, he was six years old. He doesn't understand much. Now, he becomes a double orphan. Right? So in Islam, a person becomes an orphan, one of his two parents passes away. And she brought him back to Makkah. Obviously, then his grandfather looked after him, and after that his uncle looked after him. About a year before the migration, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he sent Mus'ab ibn Umair on a mission to propagate Islam to the people of Medina. Many of the Ansar became Muslims at his hands. 
Medina is approximately 210 miles, yani 340 kilometers north of Mecca. At the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, was approximately the size of the present masjid. Medina at that time was the size of the present masjid and the surrounding white tiles around the masjid. Mus'ab ibn Umair. Who's heard of Mus'ab ibn Umair? Radiallahu anhu. So you have two options. Either talk about Mus'ab ibn Umair now, or we can talk about Mus'ab ibn Umair when we do the battle of Uhud. No, but that either you either want it now, you don't want it now. <laughs> hey? Now or later? Or when we do Uhud? When we do Uhud, right? But remind me. Right? To speak about Mus'ab ibn Umair radiallahu. I think Uhud will be a better time to speak about it. Now we're going to look at the virtues of Medina. Right, this is important. The first virtue is Allah Azza wa Jal, He made Medina a haramun, a sanctuary. Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, Inna Ibrahim harrama Makkah, Wada'a li ahliha, Wa inni harramtul Medina, Kama harrama Ibrahim Makkah, Wa inni da'utu fi sa'iha, Wa muddiha bimith, بِمِثْلَ مَا دَعَى بِهِ إِبْرَاهِيمُ لِأَهْلِ مَكَّةِ Now remember, I said, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he was extremely sad when he left Makkah. Can you remember? And he made the dua, or he made the statement that had it not been that I was driven out of Makkah, I would have never have left you. But he leaves. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said that indeed Ibrahim alayhi salam declared Makkah sacred and supplicated for blessings to be showered upon its inhabitants. And I declare Medina to be sacred as Ibrahim had declared Makkah to be sacred. I have supplicated Allah for his blessings to be showered in a sa'ah and a mud. What is a sa'ah and what is a mud? Have you ever heard of this before? Sa'ah and a mud. No? No one. A sa'ah and a mud is two standard, two standards of weight and measurements. Where do we hear this from? A lot. Good. And where else? Also attached to Ramadan. When we weigh out, Sadaqatul Fitr. Right? Wuya. <laughs> right? Wuya. Comes Ramadan. When it's time to pay the Fitra. How do you pay it? Okay, so you pay the money. Who pays the money? And you? Don't pay. <laughs> so you give the person the money. 
You give it to an institution. Yeah. And what does the institution do? They give money. Right? So, I'm going to clarify this mas'ala for once and for all. It is not permissible. Right? Now listen carefully. But people misunderstand. It is not permissible to give the recipient of sadaqatul fitr or in Cape Town's terms, the fitra. Right? Listen to what I'm saying. To give the recipient the person that must accept it, to give him the money. He, it needs to be given in the staple food. So you have two options. Option number one, you trust the organization that you're giving your money to. So you're making them a wakil to distribute or to go buy rice or flour or, in, or maize meal, millipap. Anything which is considered the staple food of the people. Right? And you must know that they're doing that. Right? That's number one. Or number two, you go buy two and a half kilos of rice. Or three kilos of rice and you give it to someone. Or milli meal and you give it to them. Right? That's, that is what sadaqatul fitr is. Right? There is an opinion. Right? According to the Hanafi madhab that they allow that you can give the recipient money. However, this is not against the sunnah. However, this is against the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu Why do I say this? I say this because in the time of the Prophet sallallahu did they have money? Yes or no? They had money. And they had poor people. But Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he do? He measured out the dates. He measured out the rice. He measured out the barley. And he gave this to them as. So, don't people obviously come and say, Yeah, my shame, what is it? Three kilo rice for them. At the end of the day, you are fulfilling the sunnah. Whatever they do, with it, maybe a hundred people gave them. Three kilo, so now they have 300 kilos of rice. If they want to sell 290 kilos, they can go sell it. That's their thing. Right? There's nothing wrong because they're in possession of it now. Whatever they want to do. I've seen this in Saudi. So what happens each time? The poor, they get, right? they get dates, they get rice. So they come to you, they say, look, I'm selling the rice now to you. Nothing wrong. It was his possession. But the point is, don't give the money to the person give it in terms of rice and whatever else you can give it that staple food um, ok so this is the two weights right a sa'a and mud so he made dua that he must bless the two measurements twice as so he must double the blessings as he did for or as Ibrahim made for the inhabitants of Makkah, and this Allah accepted this dua. An Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiyallahu anhu, qala, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-madinatu haramun bayna ayri ila thawr. Ali ibn Abi Talib, he narrated that the messenger of Allah said, Madina is a sanctuary. Madina is a Haram. 
and its sacred precincts extends from so Air and Thor is two mountains in Medina as well. You're going to say, but isn't Thor in Makkah? Right? So, yes, it's in Makkah and they've named the mountain in Medina. So if you drive into... Right, so let me see. You'll be coming from the airport. That way, right? I'm not too sure if you're going to see the signs coming from the airport. But if you come into Medina from Makkah, right? then the one road that you come in, the main road, now you're coming into Medina. Right? Then there will be a sign. Non-Muslims, to take this road, then you come into Medina. Once you drive into Medina, if you look to your right and you... Yes, to your right, you will see signs... Haram area begins here. Haram area begins here. Haram area begins here. Haram area ends here. Haram area ends here. Now, like I mentioned for Makkah, I'm going to mention again. The Masjidun Nabawi that you see. So you see those tiles, right? That's all those white tiles. The gates has its big numbers, number 25, 4, 4, right around, right? This is not the Haram only. The Haram extends further. Right? Remember this. The haram extends further. It's not just that the masjid that is the haram and Allah knows best. This hadith is narrated by Imam Muslim. Names of Medina. Anjabir ibn Samura radiyallahu anhu qala Samiatu Rasulallah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yakul Inna Allah ta'ala sammal madinata tabata he says that Allah has named Medina as Taba or Tayyiba. Right? You always hear that, um, what that, that dolls and that, man, that cars that they bring home for the children and sings at night, Ya Tayyiba, Ya Tayyiba. Right? So that's where it comes from, Tayyiba. And where does the, what does the word Tayyiba mean? Tayyib means good, it means pure. So this is where it comes from. Also, Right? The word tib, which is also used for atr, for perfume. So it's a good meaning. This hadith is found in Muslim. Another virtue of Medina is that Iman returns to Medina. An Abi Urayrata radiyallahu anhu, anna Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, inna al-imana. لا يأرز إلى المدينة كما تأرز الحية إلى جحرها متفق عليه. It is narrated on the authority of Abu Huraira that Allah's Messenger said that indeed overly the faith meaning iman it returns to Medina just as the snake crawls back into its hole. In another narration, it says, or not a narration, but what is meant, is that when does a snake go into his hole? When he wants, when he's? When he's what? When? When he's? 
when he's full, okay, and when he's scared. Right? Snakes generally, they go back to their hole when they in fear of something. Or when they want to take rest, obviously. So the Prophet Wasallam is saying that Iman will return to Medina. And this is a sign for the Ummah. That you always want to return back to Medina is a sign of your Iman. That you always want to go back to Medina. The Prophet Wasallam he also said, Umirtu bi qaryati ta'kulu kura yakunu yathriba wa hiya al-madinatu tanfin nas kama yanfi kiru khabath al-hadid Abu Rayran narrated that the messenger of Allah peace be upon him said I have been commanded to migrate to a town known as Madina which would overpower other towns they, the people, call it Yathrib. Its correct name is Medina. And Medina, it eliminates bad people just as a furnace removes the alloy of iron. There's a few points. So in this hadith we learn that the correct name is Medina and not Yathrib. Also, Hadith says that Medina it eliminates bad people. People that do wrong and that they are taken out of Medina. Just as a furnace removes the alloy of iron. Right, so what does the furnace do to iron generally? It purifies the iron or whatever. There was any dirt and it melts it off. So this is what is meant by it. Patience. Right? Medina also teaches you patience. Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Yuftahu al-shamu fayakhruju min al-madinati qawmun bi ahlihim yabsunah wal-madinatu khayrun lahum law kanu ya'lamun thumma yuftahu al-yaman فَيَخْرُجُ مِنَ الْمَدِينَةِ قَوْمٌ بِأَهْلِهِمْ يَبُسُّونَ وَالْمَدِينَةُ خَيْرٌ لَهُمْ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ ثُمَّ يُفْتَحُ الْعِرَاقُ فَيَخْرُجُ مِنَ الْمَدِينَةِ قَوْمٌ بِأَهْلِهِمْ يَبُسُّونَ وَالْمَدِينَةُ خَيْرٌ لَهُمْ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ سُفْيَان إِبْنُ عَبْدِ الزُّهَيْرِ he reported that the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Syria will be conquered. And some people will go out of Medina along with their families, riding their camels. And Medina is better for them if they but knew. Then Yemen will be conquered. And some people will go out of Medina along with their families, riding their camels. And Medina is better for them only if they but knew. Then Iraq will be conquered and some people will go out of it along with their families driving their camels and Medina riding their camels. And Medina is better for them only if they but knew. So there's a bit of a background to this hadith. First of all, this is one of the prophecies of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Secondly, the Sahaba, they came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they said, you know, this tribe or this people, right, the Muslims, they moved to this place and look there. 
They are earning so much money. Life is so good for them. You know, can't we also leave? And this and that. And see what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa reply is every time. Al-Madinatu khayrul lahum law kanu That Madina is better for you. Only if you but you. And wallahi, right, Madina. Right, alhamdulillah, we go for one week, two weeks, and we find the attachment to the place. But if you live there, Right, Alhamdulillah granted us the opportunity We lived there for about 6 years 6 years and a few months And That's when you really see the place That's when you really see the barakah I don't know if you ever For those that's been on Umrah Right and for those that's going the first time for Hajj You will always see That people they say That you know um, The food is so much here in Medina Right you buy food Two people can eat. Maybe we're at home. One person will eat. This is of the barakah. Right? This is of the blessings that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi made to us. He said he made to us that for one of the blessings of Medina that the food for one is equivalent to the food of two. So it's things like this. Right? That you experience in this place. Right? You can buy off a chicken, you buy rice. Right? Two people can eat there. Three people can eat out of this. It's sufficient. Right? You buy a thing of, I don't know if you people have been there, if you know what fool is, right? It's like almost like crushed beans. It's like made like into a sauce, a curry thing. So you eat that with what they call those big breads known as tamiz. Or they say what? Like these chapati breads, this big, super big bread. Right? You eat that two people, they eat from such a small bowl. But everyone eats to the full. This is of the barakah. But here the Prophet is teaching them that you are going to see things in Medina. Have patience. Have sabr. Because Medina is better for you. Only if you but knew. All the blessings of Medina. And Abi Urairat radiyallahu anhu. Anna Rasulallah sallallahu anhu kala. Kana nasu. إذا رأوا أول ثمر جاءوا به إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فإذا أخذوا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال اللهم بارك لنا في ثمرنا وبارك لنا في مدينتنا وبارك لنا في صاعنا وبارك لنا في مدنا اللهم إن إبراهيم مع عبدك وخليلك ونبيك وإني عبدك ونبيك وإنه دعاك لمكة وإني أدعوك للمدينة بمثل ما دعاك لمكة ومثله قال ثم يدعو أصغر وليد له فيعطيه ذلك ثمر أبو ريرة he narrated that the messenger of Allah reported that when the people saw the first fruit of the season of the crops that they planted, they brought it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's apostle, to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he received it, he said, O oh Allah, bless in our fruits and bless us in our city and bless us in our sa'a and bless us in our mood. O oh Allah, Ibrahim was your servant. He was your friend. 
He was your apostle. And I am your servant. And I am your apostle. He, Ibrahim, he made a supplication to thee for the showering of blessings of Mecca. And I am making the supplication to thee for Medina. Just as he made the supplication to thee for Mecca. And the like of it in addition to it. He would then call to him the youngest child and give him these fruits. Right? Again, the Prophet ﷺ, he specifically made dua for the blessings for the people of Medina. And up until today they see these blessings. Right? Tajjal and plague will not enter Medina. An Anas ibn Malik, an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, Al-Madinatu ya'tiha tajjalu, fayajidu al-malaikati yahrusunaha, fala yakrabuha al-tajjal, qala wala, wala at-ta'oon, inshaAllah. Narrated by Anas ibn Malik, the Prophet peace be upon him, he said, Al-Tajjal will come to Medina and find the angels guarding it. So Allah will neither let Al-Tajjal nor plague come near to Medina. And yet the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he says, Allah willing, inshaAllah. This is not a dua. This is a statement. Had it been a dua, he wouldn't have said inshaAllah. He would have said amin. This is a lesson for all of us. That when you make dua, don't say, Inshallah, Amin. Allah grant you a long life, Inshallah, Amin. What are you actually saying? The Prophet also mentioned this in the hadith. You are saying, Allah give you a long life, if Allah wants to give you a long life. No, man. Right? Oh, Allah accept this. Doesn't make sense. The Prophet says, when you make dua, you say, Amin, and do not say, Inshallah, Amin. So this hadith says that plague will not enter Makkah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, Ma'amin, Afwan to Medina. Right? We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it such that this hadith comes into a reality and the plague that we've seen in our times today does not enter the Haramain al-Sharifain. Masjid al-Quba. Right? Masjid al-Quba is the place on the outskirts of Medina, where the Prophet, peace be upon him, accompanied by Abu Bakr radiallahu an, arrived and first stayed after immigrating from Mecca. A masjid was established here by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The first masjid in Medina. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, لَا تَكُومُ فِيهِ أَبَدًا لَمَسْجِدٌ أُسِّسَ عَلَى التَّقْوَى مِنْ أَوَّلِ يَوْمٍ أَحَقُّ أَنْ تَكُومَ فِيهِ فِيهِ رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَتَطَهَّرُوا وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُتَطَهِّرِينَ Never stand you, right? Or never stand they in. Verily, the mosque whose foundation was laid from the first day on piety is more worthy that you stand therein to pray. So here's a bit of a background. What did the munafiqun do and the enemies of Islam? When Masjid Kuba was built, they built another masjid opposite. Right? Known, and Allah mentioned this in Surah At-Tawbah. Known as Masjid Ad-Dirar. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, La takum fihi abada. That never ever stand in that masjid. Don't go make salah in there. So this is something harsh. I mean, the masjid is what? وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَا اللَّهِ أَحَدًا That the masajid, they are the houses of Allah. فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَا اللَّهِ أَحَدًا So do not call on anyone else in the masjid. So the masjids are, these are the houses of Allah. Why would Allah tell the Prophet and his companions, don't go there? So they see this is something wrong. And the Prophet ordered the companions to burn down that masjid and they burnt it down. Because this causes what in the community? A split. Two masjids causes a split. So Allah says that indeed, right? La masjidun usisa ala taqwa. Because Masjid Kuba, this is referring to Masjid Kuba, that this foundation of this masjid, from the first day it was laid, is the foundation of piety, of taqwa. And it is more worthy that you stand therein to pray. The people of Yathrib, right? Medina, had long awaited the Prophet, peace be upon him, and each day they would go beyond the fields and palm groves and wait for him until the sun became unbearable. One day the people returned to their homes after waiting a long period for the Prophet, peace be upon him. A Jew happened to catch a glimpse of a small group of white-robed travelers in the distance. He called out, O people of Arabia, what you have been waiting for has arrived. The Muslims lifted their weapons and they rushed to greet the Prophet, peace be upon him. There was a great clamor as everyone ran to the edge of the desert to catch a glimpse of the travelers. The Prophet, peace be upon him, then turned towards the right and came to Banu Amr ibn Auf at Kuba. Most of the Muslims who had immigrated from Makkah had stayed at Kuba and many of them were there when the Prophet, peace be upon him, arrived. After reaching Kuba, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he dismounted those of the Ansar, literally meaning the helpers, the name given to those in Al-Madina who became Muslim. So the Madinites, they were known as who? As the Ansar. And the people, the Makkans were known as the Muhajirin. And these were the two groups. Right? The Muhajirin, those people that left Makkah and they came to Medina. The Ansar was those people that helped them. And the new, right? So Allah named them the helpers. And they had not seen the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because they thought that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But when they saw Abu Bakr shade the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with a sheet, they knew who Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was. It was a time for great joy for both sides. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he addressed them by saying, O people, I give and un- or give unto one another greetings of peace. Feed the people. Strengthen the ties of kingship. Pray in the hours when others sleep. And that you will enter paradise. Right? A beautiful hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this hadith comes in the, mu- in the musnad of Ahmad. Right? Afshu salam. Spread peace. 
And feed people, give people food. And that, alhamdulillah, we as Cape Townians, we fulfill that part of the hadith very well. Right? We always feeding people. Right? Anyone comes to your house, oh, you must eat. Right? It's a good quality. Right? And join family ties. Right? Don't break family ties, but rather join family ties. And wake up during the evenings. Right? time. When man is sleeping. And obviously this means that your far salah needs to be in order. You cannot be making tahajjud, but then you go sleep and you oversleep for fajr. Right? The fard is obviously more important than this. And then he says, the Prophet peace be upon him, he ends off, And if you do these things, you will enter Jannah with the peace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So on arriving in the village of Kuba, the Prophet peace be upon him, he stayed there for a few days or several days in the house of Kuthum bin Hamd. And laid the foundations of Mashi Kuba on his land. Prior to the prior prior to migration of the Prophet peace be upon him, Muslims sometimes offered their prayers at the house of Sa'ad ibn Khaythama. Allah be pleased with him, which was close by. The location of his house was included in the modern day extension of Masjid Kuba, but the location of the house of Kuthum bin Had is marked by a few boulders to the southwest of Masjid Kuba. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he carried stones, rocks, and sands with his companions to construct the masjid. At-Tabarani, he quotes that Ashimos bint An-Nu'man. He said, I saw the Prophet when he constructed his mosque. He used, or he would carry stones and rocks on his back until it was bent. I also saw dust on his dress and his belly. But when one of his companions would take a load off him, he would say no. And go ask the companion to go and carry a similar load instead. Right? This was the Prophet wasallam. And there's a saying they have in Islam. says, Sayyidul Qawm Khadimu. Sayyidul Qawm, the leader of the people, Khadimu. He is the slave of the people. Right? In today's time, we see the opposite. Leaders, they sit there on top. Everyone else is at the bottom. Ali radiallahu an stayed on for three days after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam left Makkah. Right? There's reports that Ali radiallahu an he stayed where? In the house of the Prophet, peace be upon him. During this period, he settled all the Prophet affairs in Makkah. Then he left on foot and met up with Muhammad, peace be upon him, in Kuba. The Prophet wasallam he led the first group prayer of Kuba Mosque whilst Al-Qibla was still towards where? Towards Jerusalem, Al-Quds. The, that Friday 
he left Kuba with Abu Bakr radiallahu an. He sent a message to Banu Najjar. Right? This is where Sheikh Dafi and them. This is actually their tribe. They have some Arab lineage. Right? From the tribe of Banu Najjar. And what is a Najjar in English? A carpenter. Right? People had worked with woodwork. <laughs> the house of his maternal grandfather. His kinsmen came to Kuba and joined the Prophet on his way to Medina. Salah in Masjid Kuba. This is of the virtues. And Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma qala kana rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yazuru Kuba rakiban wa mashi'an fayusalli fihi rak'atayn wa fi riwayah كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يأتي مشي الكباء كل سبت راكبا وماشيا وكان ابن عمر يفعله ابن عمر may Allah be pleased with him said the prophet peace be upon him he would visit مشي الكباء either mounted or on foot and he would offer two rakaat prayer in the masjid agreed upon in another narration the prophet peace be upon him used to visit مشي الكباء Right, every week, either mounted or on foot, and Ibn Umar used to do the same thing. My beloved brothers, here's one or two masail that we need to look at. Number one, it is a great sunnah to go make salah in Masjid al-Kuba. Here's a question. Is this salah a specific two raka'at when you enter into Masjid al-Kuba? Or any salah. So I come into Masjid Kuba and I make tahiyah to Masjid. I come into Masjid Kuba and the start of Maghrib Salah and I need to make Maghrib Salah. Or it's Isha, Fajr, Maghrib, Duwar, whatever far Salah it is, and I make that Salah. Is the two raka'ats that the Prophet mentions in this hadith a separate two raka'ats? Or is it two raka'ats of any salah? First question. Those that say it says it is a separate salah, raise your hands. Those that says right, no one. No one? Those of you that say right, so now everyone needs to raise hands. Because it can only be one or two. We don't know? Okay. Right? And those that say that you can make any salah it will suffice for this hadith. Raise your hands. And those that say, I don't know, raise your hands. Right? That's everyone. So there's no specific two rakats. Meaning, any salah. So I come in there, it's time for Juma. Imam says, Allahu Akbar. That two rakats, that suffices for the reward of getting an Umrah. This is the reward. That whosoever, right? In the other hadith, it's more clearer. That whosoever makes wudu in his household. He makes us wudu in his house. And he sets off to Masjid Kuba. Walking or riding. And he performs two raka'at. He gets the reward of an accepted umrah. The reward of an accepted umrah. So you can make any salah. I come in there just before Jummah. I come in there on the salah for Maghrib. That salah that I'm making, it suffices for the two raka'at. So many people, they must understand. And when they go to Masjid Kuba, 
They come into the masjid, they make two rakaats, tahiyya to masjid. Then they make another two rakaats to get the reward of Ummah. That is incorrect. Right? That is incorrect. The second thing is, the hadith mentions Yawmu Sabt. Yawmu Sabt means Saturday. So if you go to Masjid Kuba on a Saturday, Ya Allah. It's chaos. So many of the ulama, they've explained what is meant by Yawmu Sabt is once a week and not specifically Saturday. How did they come to this? There's another hadith. The hadith just slipped my mind. But basically what the Prophet ﷺ explains to the people, he mentions the word Sabt as well. But in this hadith, Sabt is explained as once a week and not on a particular day. So if you want to go on a Friday, on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, all of this is fine. You can go anytime and you will get the reward of the two rakats. And you can go walking. Or you can take a taxi. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Now the last point I want to make before we end off for today's class lesson is the hadith says that whomsoever makes you do at home. But we're not at home. So what now? Hey? Your hotel is your home. So you make wudu there. Obviously, if you made wudu and you passed wind on the way now and that, you don't have to go back. Right? You can make wudu and then be iznillah, Allah will give you the reward because innamal amalu biniyat actions are judged on its intention and Allah knows best. And this brings us to the end of today's lesson. Next week, inshallah, we will be looking at Mashiru Qiblatayn and Uhud. The week after that, we'll be looking at the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's Masjid and the etiquettes of the Masjid and how the Masjid expanded and Baqi and remaining sites in Madina bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika shadu wa la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.